This morning, our epistle lesson is Romans 13, verses 8 to 14. Paul is speaking to the church at Rome, but we know that his letters went far and wide. Even though they were written to one church, they were orally passed to all the churches in the area. So they kind of went like lightning. Paul is speaking. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day. Not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In Paul's letter to the church at Rome, we have a little bit of everything. Some of our most foundational theology emerges, rather is worked out from Paul's writing. Also, groundwork for how the church would live, love, and have its being is rooted in Paul's letters. And this morning, we are taught to live in the light, or what I refer to as light living. Light living for Christ followers is to love in revolutionary ways, to abide in love. I love that small Greek word for abide, meno, M-E-N-O. Meno is to abide in agape love, God love. When our faith and action come together, we demonstrate the praxis of love. Praxis is the merging of faith and practice, and the result is light shining for God. We are to march in the light with gusto. This morning, I happened to catch the number one country song. I missed number two through 40, but the number one country song today and it is called Be a Light. I encourage each one of us to Google Be a Light and look at the lyrics. They are beautiful and fitting for today. When we march in the light with gusto, as Philip would say, we combine agape love with abiding in Christ with the praxis of loving God and neighbor as ourselves. We have something to say, and we say it so that all may know 
who God is and what a difference knowing God makes. Isn't that another reason we're here today? To be in God's presence, praising God together in community, but not staying here. Our job is to go out and be missionaries for Christ, which sounds like a great big huge job, but it really only means walking in the light with gusto. The result is that light is shining. Eliezer Fernandez puts it this way, our signals should be clear, lest our mutual parade not even find the park, much less follow the right God home. We must ensure that we are relying on the grace of God, not on how strong we are or how strong we feel, none of our own devices. Our own strengths will break and will fail us. But when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a new strength. When we put on the cloth of Christ, we are able to live as children in the parade. Paramount to living as children of the day is to feed yourself. I like to begin with the self because if we're not feeding ourselves, we can feed no one else. There's truth in that. To feed yourself means to keep yourself whole, to be nurtured by the very gifts of God like scripture, devotional reading, quiet time, nature, healthy, honest relationships, and treats like ice cream cones, even sugar-free and dairy-free. A walk in the park, watching your favorite show. I advise treating yourself to one nice thing every day. It might not be a thing, but something that's a treat for you. Paul often and always stresses the urgency of the church's mission. He says, the night is gone, the day is near, put on the armor of light. We are to live in the light and spread the light. And right here at 1501 Flower Mound Road, we are. Our tall steeple with a cross on the top sends a message of love for even the airplanes to see. We must begin with loving our neighbors as we join Christ in transforming the world. Remember what I said about revolutionary love? Transforming the world is our goal. It's God's goal too. Now agape love is not sentimental love. It's not Valentine's Day, 365 days a year, although that might not be too bad. Rather, it is action behavior that emerges from our love for God. It's treating people like you love them, even when you find it difficult. Even roses have thorns. There's a way to behave your way into feeling love. 
Have you ever had to do that? You just love them, and you act like you love them, and you treat them like you love them, and then the feeling comes. Remember this when you go to love someone. First, love does no harm. Like the Hippocratic Oath in medicine, first, do no harm. Paul reminds us, do not harm, do not murder, steal, or covet. The fulfillment of the law is agape love. Number two, love in action applies to everyone. Remember, the disciples asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, everyone is your neighbor. Love in action applies to our families, our enemies, our friends, the clerk in the drive-thru. I'll never forget the clerk in the drive-thru at McDonald's one time when I was coming home from Ash Wednesday service and I had ashes on my forehead. And he and I got into a discussion about the ashes and he was so moved that night. Sometimes love applies to the clerk in the drive-thru taking an extra moment to say hello. Your teacher and your boss. Number three, share the love. Love isn't a best kept secret or a mystery. Love is caring and spreading good news. Living in the light means living according to your conscience, given to you by God. Each one of us has a moral compass. Now our moral compass can get broken and our moral compass can go awry. That's why we need therapists. But each of us has a moral compass and we are taught to live by it. Now this can mean different things for different people because God made us each differently. But I remember the story of Ron. Ron was a parishioner of mine at a different church. And he told the story of standing in a line when he was a young army recruit. And he and his buddies stood in a long line to get a tattoo. Now Ron kept falling farther and farther behind in the line. His moral compass, his conscience was bothering him. He had been raised by Mum Fox. Ron had been an orphan, and he was taken in by Mum Fox, who was something like a shaker up on the East Coast. And she would not have liked Ron being anywhere near a tattoo, much less getting one on his body. So Ron opted out of the line finally. He followed his moral compass and resisted the tattoo for the rest of his days. And he's glad he did. Light living means that we respect and honor others 
That's part of how we live in the light. This light living means that God is counting on us to step out in faith. As I always like to remind, Jesus didn't say, love your neighbor as yourself when you feel like it. Or love your neighbor as yourself if you want to. Or if you like the person. Rather, Jesus commanded us to go and do likewise. He set the example and then he said, follow me. Paul warns us to live as if Jesus is coming tomorrow and be prepared to meet the risen Christ in the fullness of time. We need to practice light living, not in the future sometime, but now. Our world's brokenness is screaming for it. The world needs us, needs our light and our love. Every day we can be missionaries for God in how we treat ourselves. Every day. Forgiveness over self-hatred. Kindness over retaliation. Faith over fear. And in how we treat others. Love over hate. Kindness over cynicism. Affirmation over criticism. God will give us the opportunities every day to practice our faith. One step at a time. One breath at a time. And one prayer at a time. All of this means that we are groaning toward the time when all things are made new. That's the biblical message. We aren't there yet. Now for Paul and the disciples, they thought the time of Christ coming again was imminent. Any day now, get ready. The night is over, the day is come, be ready. We've learned over these 2,000 years that it hasn't occurred yet. But we are still to live as kingdom people, assured of Christ's promise to return. And as Sheila likes to say, she can't wait. In verse 14, Paul's final word is to put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. Now this doesn't necessarily mean stay away from ice cream. It doesn't mean don't enjoy the gifts of your body. It means don't rely on your own means. Rely on the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer to give you what you need. I've just finished reading Barbara Gordon's autobiography called I'm Dancing as Fast as I Can. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yes. It's old, Marion says. I've had it on my shelf. I think I took it from my mother's house a long time ago. And I was so surprised to find out I had not read it with that kind of title. I thought I might have read it. So it's a wonderful read. Barbara Gordon was worked for CBS as a producer, 
So she's not the Barbara Gordon, maybe the actress, and other Barbara Gordons. But this one worked for CBS, and she named the book from this quote. I have a favorite joke. A man and a woman meet at a singles resort in the Catskills. They are dancing together on a Saturday night. He says, I'm only here for the weekend. She replies, I'm dancing as fast as I can. I thought that was, I think it's a great title. Barbara tells her own story of being a producer at CBS Network. A high stress job. This was back in the 70s. And to deal with her stress, she was prescribed Valium. Too much Valium. She became addicted and entered a terrible downward spiral when she quit cold turkey. Quitting caused schizophrenic episodes which themselves were hard to diagnose and even harder to treat. Her story is captivating. Over and over again, she gives examples of how in the midst of her pain, depression, anxiety, struggle to even open her eyes in the morning, she practiced light living. The despair and anxiety gave way to hope and peace as she walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Not overnight, but over time. She began to heal, demonstrated by her baking cakes for fellow psychiatric patients on their birthdays. And these were people who were not easy to like in their own struggles. She began to open up about her struggles and thus helped others talk about their struggles. The light crept in and nothing could keep it out. That's what I gleaned from Barbara, Barbara's book, Barbara's story. She healed every time she loved her neighbor as herself. Let's give it a try. Amen. Mm -hmm.